Hi, I'm James Schofield, the writer of the stories in Season 2 of this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Can I ask you a question? What do you really know about the people you work with? What I've learnt is that everybody has an unusual story to tell about themselves. These stories might be funny, sad, or frankly weird. And over the years, I've turned these people and events into short stories for various magazines. In each episode of Behind the Bottom Line, I read you my original story, and afterwards, I tell you something about its real-life background. So let's hear today's story, Top Dog. Something very strange happened to me last week. Something nearly impossible to explain. It started when I took my dog, a Jack Russell named Toby, to Dr. Chang, who specialises in traditional Chinese medicine for animals. Actually, there was nothing really wrong with Toby. I just thought he was looking depressed. So he had a massage, had his teeth and nails cleaned, and was washed with an all-natural shampoo. And when I walked in to get Toby, he was sitting on a table and talking to Dr. Chang. Yes talking. Toby made dog noises while Dr. Chang took notes. Then she turned to me. Mr. Bassett, she said, Toby is tired of you complaining about your company when you get home. Oh, I I forgot to tell you, I own a small company that was started by my great-grandfather, Jeremiah Bassett. Well, that's not fair, I said. It's not easy running a company. I need to talk to somebody. I gave Toby an angry, just wait till I've got you on your own look. He licked himself. Toby thinks he could sort everything out in a day. Oh, really? I said. How would he deal with investments? And with my dreadful but efficient sales manager, Jilks? Dr. Chang looked at her notes. Is that the man who pushes you around and flirts with Lucy Honeycomb, the accountant? The girl you dream about marrying but are too afraid to ask for a date? Well, I felt betrayed. Toby, that was between you and me. Toby wagged his tail. Mr. Bassett, continued Dr. Chang firmly, take Toby to the office for a day. But my people can't speak, dog, Dr. Chang, I said. Then Toby will have to speak English, Mr. Bassett, she answered. Burn these incense sticks when you get home and see what happens. Now, people don't disagree with Dr. Chang. She's the determined grandmother type you always obey. So that evening I lit the incense sticks and waited for Toby to say something. Toby, old boy, I called after a while. He growled sleepily from his blanket. Well, that might be understood in Texas, Toby, but not in London, I said. He was already snoring. When I woke the next morning, I had my first surprise. I was in Toby's basket, and somebody, probably Mrs. Padma, was in the kitchen. Mrs. Padma cleans my flat. She also takes Toby for a walk every morning. What ho? I barked. Is that you, Mrs. Padma? Barked. I barked. That was the second surprise, closely followed by surprise number three, 
when a strange man came in wearing my favourite suit. It was me, but it wasn't. Good morning, Bassett, old boy, said Toby cheerfully. Look at us, eh? Those incense sticks have worked. We've changed places. Help! Call Dr. Chang! We've got to... I tried to say, but all that came out were excited barks. Don't worry, said Toby, putting on my favourite tie. It's only for one day. I'll sort out your office, and tomorrow we'll be back in our usual bodies. Say hello to Fifi the Poodle when you go to the park. And then he left. Of course, I worried all day. Even in the park, instead of chasing birds and Fifi the Poodle, I just followed Mrs. Padma in a depressed kind of way. When I finally heard the key in the lock that evening, I rushed to the door with a hundred questions. Down, boy, down, said Toby. And would you please stop barking? He went to my fridge and got himself a beer. I've always wanted to try one of these, he commented, then sat down and told me about his day. The first thing I saw when I got to your office was Jilks sitting on the corner of your desk reading your newspaper. I sprang over to him. Don't sit on my desk, Jilks, I growled, pushing my face up close to his. Ever! But, the, the, sorry, sir, he stuttered. You're not going to bite me, are you? Only if I see you flirting with Miss Honeycomb. Get out! Then Toby laughed. And off he went with his tail between his legs. I covered my eyes with both paws. After that, I met Lucy Honeycomb, he continued. I took my paws off again. She's very pretty, I can imagine. I growled in response. Sorry, who are the jealous type, aren't you? Anyway, I went up and sniffed her neck, and I said, Goodness, Miss Honeycomb, you smell wonderful today. Her face turned pink. Oh, thank you, she said. And then, Mr. O'Connor from the bank is here. We need to make a decision about building the new factory. Toby continued, The meeting was dreadful, but at least there were plenty of biscuits there. I crunched them all up, as Mr. O'Connor used lots of finance jargon such as capital investment and credit lines. Miss Honeycomb took notes and looked very efficient. As Mr. O'Connor threatened us with another line of numbers, I shouted, Yes, we'll build it! After that, Miss Honeycomb and I went for a walk in the park. I pricked up my ears. Well, you're quite right about her, said Toby. The sooner you get married and have some puppies... I growled again. You humans are strange animals, never actually doing these things, just thinking them all the time. Anyway, I got what you wanted, and then I chased a ball. I put my head to one side, with a question mark in the air. Well, a date with Lucy, of course. You're going to a show and dinner on Friday. Toby, I have to say, sorted things out at the office as promised. Next morning we were back to normal. Almost. I think I must have kept something of Toby's, because whenever I think about all this, I feel like wagging my tail. Top Dog was 
written at the beginning of 2014 for Business Spotlight. Um, and the very start of the idea for Top Dog came from something that somebody at work pointed out to me was this thing about how people quite often look like their dogs or dogs quite often look like their owners. And I started thinking hmm, about the people around me and what it would be like if, in fact, it was their dog that was coming into the office, uh, but I didn't realize it because they looked like their owners. So this was going around my head uh, sometimes and I would sit in meetings and look at the person opposite me and try to think about what kind of dog it is that they have at home. Um, but then it's developed a little bit further because I started thinking, well, there are certain characteristics about dogs which would actually make life in the office somewhat easier. Um, dogs are easier to understand, I think, than humans. They are more direct and they're more open about whether they like somebody, whether they don't like somebody. And so uh, that was how the idea occurred to me of uh, what would happen if a dog took the place of its master uh, and went into the office and basically dealt with all the problems that the master had in the office that he wasn't able to deal with because he didn't have the, the directness and the openness and the honesty of a dog. The story is very influenced by two different elements. Um, on the one hand, it's influenced by that classic trope of the two people who change places, um, two people who are very different in their uh, in their characters change places, and uh, in the new environment that each character finds themselves has to deal with uh, situations and normally brings about a change. It's a classic Mark Twain story, The Prince and the Pauper, for example, or in German, um, the Doppeltelotchen, and and also um, a, a classic genre for lots of Hollywood films. When I was a child, uh, one of my favorite books was a book called Vice Versa, where a father changes place with his son when his son is about to go back to boarding school and the son is complaining about going back to boarding school and his father says all that usual parental rubbish about oh happiest days of your life I so envy you um, and then what happens yes he gets uh, he changes places with his son and goes back to his son's boarding school uh, while his son goes into the office so um, there's a lot of stories which I've drawn on here um, but also very powerful influence of course was P.G. Woodhouse and um, the two characters, Toby and Bassett, Toby the dog and Bassett, uh, his owner, uh, is really just a, another version of Jeeves and Bertie Wooster. Jeeves as Toby sorting out all the problems of his master and Bassett as Wooster, the basically upper class idiot um, who needs somebody else to look after him. Um, another element which if you like I borrowed uh, was also from Woody Allen in the film Alice where a lot of magical things happen uh, thanks to the character's visit to a Chinese doctor uh, where she gets some magical herbs 
which cause all sorts of interesting things to happen, uh, but which help her to develop and to become uh, a better and more powerful person. There's one last thing which this story reveals about me. I suppose it's one of my guilty secrets, is that I've always thought it would be kind of cool if humans also had a tail, um, a proper tail, like a dog or uh, a monkey. And I've always felt that this would be a really nice addition, though I have no idea where that particular wish comes from. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Please subscribe on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcast or whichever app you use to make sure you never miss an episode. And tell your friends, write an online review or write to me directly at james.rupert.schofield at gmail.com to let me know what you think. Until the next episode of Behind the Bottom Line, this is James Schofield saying goodbye.